All right, here on this Friday, it's not only Friday, it of course is International Women's Day. And Tessa Virtue, of course, is, will accomplish just incredible things uh, on the ice. I mean, she has more than one Olympic gold medal. And she, of course, is one half of the most decorated ice dancing team of all time. And she's now for International Women's Day being uh, honored for all of her great accomplishments with her very own Barbie her very own Dream Gap Barbie. And here to talk more about that and International Women's Day, it is a pleasure to welcome Tessa Virtue to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tessa, great to see you, and how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Here on International Women's Day, and you have some pretty exciting news to share with everybody. Uh, you've got your own Barbie now? I do. What's that like? It's That's crazy. totally crazy. I um. It still feels a little... If it wasn't sitting right here in front of us, it would feel like a, a dream. Yeah, I just opened the box, and it uh, looks like you've just skated out to center ice here. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. It's amazing, the job they did on I, this. They did an incredible job. I mean, the likeness is, is pretty wild, and it's just so special to see, especially that costume. It takes me back to the moment in Pyeongchang and, and what we celebrated with so many, not just Canadians, but people around the world, mm-hmm. um, and, and to sort of see that moment live on and represent so much more. I mean, the significance with this campaign and, and working as a role model with Barbie is so special. Did you have a hand in the design of the doll? Uh, how did you get involved in this whole thing? How well, did it we come did. about? We spoke about that. We talked about sort of what that um, aesthetic would be. And of course, we wanted it to be authentic and, um, you know, we wanted it to look like me. That's the whole point. But I think mm-hmm. having that Moulin Rouge dress really set the tone and, and the skates. And I mean, it's it's neat when you see her standing beside the other 19 dolls um, with the 60th anniversary release, right. the, the role models from all around the world. And the diversity, um, mm-hmm. the eclectic mix of, of people and women who are really breaking barriers and, and showing young girls just what is possible. Well, they call this as well the the dream gap, Barbie. Mm -hmm. Uh, What exactly is a dream gap? Well, when girls are five years old, research is showing that they start to doubt their capabilities and they have this limited sense of self-belief that boys just don't experience. And research also shows that they're equally capable, boys and girls. So why is it that girls don't feel like... um, they have unlimited potential to explore. And and Barbie's really committed to closing that dream gap, which is, uh, you know, of course, imperative. But I mm-hmm. think in order to do that, you, girls need to see what's possible. They need role models. They need to um, to have a sense of, of what's out there. And and we need to continue this conversation because I, I surely sure. that age is getting lower and lower. And, and that's just, I mean, what were you thinking as a five-year-old boy? I, I doubt it was that... You know, you were limited in any way. Yeah, right? I just wanted as many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches as I possibly could find <laughs> right. at five, I remember. But, uh, well, speaking of that, when you were five, six, seven, did you kind of experience that uh, as a girl, as a female? I, I, I must have. Yeah. Um, but I was I was busy dreaming about the Olympics, I think, mm-hmm. even then. Um, I was playing with Barbies, and I my mom always laughs because I was quite hard on, on my, my dolls. They were they had a rigorous schedule. <laughs> they were <laughs> tattered and torn, and um, I expected them to be doing all the activities that I was doing. But now I understand that was a way for me to explore um, mm-hmm. opportunities. It was a way to find adventure. It was a way to sort of 
to see what I was capable of because my Barbie could do anything. She mm -hmm. could be an astronaut. She could be a farmer. She could be an athlete. Um, she could stand on the podium at the Olympics. And, yeah. and she did that before I did. And, what, a, and what an awesome message for young girls. Isn't uh, it special? Yeah. I think it's it's incredible what they're doing. You know, I was looking up a few of the words that are trending around uh, International Women's Day, and one of them, of course, is empowerment. And I wanted to ask you, is there a time in your life when you think back where you felt really empowered? Was there a moment? I always find that I feel empowered when I'm working towards something, um, when I've set a goal and, and I'm committed to the process of mm -hmm. achieving that or pursuing it. But I think there's some inherent confidence and sense of self-worth that comes with accomplishing that. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean standing on top of the podium at the Olympics. That can be taking a course at school. That can be making a school team. That can be mm -hmm. being a better daughter or friend to someone. I think um, when there's a, an attainable goal and, and there's a, a method with which you can pursue mm -hmm. it and, and try and accomplish it, that's when I feel best. That's when I feel empowered. And that's when I feel like I can take on the world. The other word that is really trending is resiliency. And mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about that as well, because I'm sure there's many times in your long skating career where you had to show that, that you had to be resilient. Does a certain moment come to mind? You know, it's funny. They, they do all that research with athletes, Olympic athletes and the much like being resilient, there's that grit that is necessary to continue in the face of adversity and and overcome those obstacles. And I think, I mean, over the two decade long career with Scott, we certainly had our fair share of battles. And probably one of the biggest ones was an injury on my part. It was an overuse injury. And I had two surgeries on my shins and calves. And our career was in jeopardy for um, several key moments where I remember just looking at each other and thinking, you know, what if what if this is taken away from us? What if what if we can't actually pursue this passion that we've decided to to go after? And and it, it's tough. I think you just have to find a way to adapt. And we might not have been able to train the way our competitors did, um, but we found our own path. And in a way, that's I think what probably set us apart. And we, and we learned to come together in a unique way. So, of course, not to be all rose-colored glasses, but I think that actually is where we found ourselves as athletes. And that's. Hmm. Through those challenges, that's where we became the masters of our craft. Last time we talked, I think uh, the two of you were just heading out on the uh, thank you tour. That's right. Uh, yeah, how did that go, and what was the uh, reaction that you got from uh, Canadians? Oh, it was the best. It was yeah. so fun to, to go out uh, in that different format. I think we spoke at the time about taking the pressure off of competition and, and changing the methodology. So we were trying to entertain and appease thousands instead of just those nine judges and yeah totally different headspace totally right? totally different and we're still working on that i think we're mm -hmm. still perfectionist but it was about audience engagement it was about sharing our story that that we had with the team you know that team that won the gold medal in korea and the people that we grew up skating with and um our our colleagues and friends we shared those moments and then we got to cross the country into places we'd never performed before and and celebrate. And it was just so much fun. I mean, it was also a, a steep learning curve for the two of us to step into the production role and, mm -hmm. and have more of a hand in, in the creation of it. But that was just wonderfully rewarding. And I think much like the way we approached the Olympic Games, that's sort of how we view the tour, because we can really invest all of our energy and create a product that that we're proud of. Does it get overwhelming at times when you're out there and you meet everyday Canadians that, uh, I mean, you're obviously the two of you beloved by us all. I think most Canadian families consider you and Scott part of their family. That's right? so nice. Yeah. Well, we feel that too. I mean, I think that's the, the great thing about being an athlete in Canada. I mean, there's just 
an overwhelming sense of support. People really rally behind their athletes, and and we certainly felt that um, in in Pyeongchang, in Sochi, and in Vancouver. And mm-hmm. it's it's so nice. I mean, I just want to have this giant dinner party where we can all <laughs> hang out and get to know one another. And I guess in a way, that's sort of what our tour is. You know, these mm-hmm. little moments where we feel like we want to connect with as many possible Canadians as we as we can. Well, Tessa Virtue, it is always a pleasure to spend time with you. Congratulations on the Barbie. Thank you. And thanks for being with us here on International Women's Day. Appreciate uh, it. Always a pleasure.